You are listening to The Partner Podcast, relevant information to enhance the careers and improve the lives of partner-level attorneys. Produced by The Attorney Search Group, we grow law firms and accelerate attorney careers. Visit us on the web at attorneysearchgroup.com. Stephanie Kuzibob is the founder and CEO of Ascentium, a strategy consultancy partnering with for-profit and non-profit organizations to capture market opportunities, instill focus, build leadership capacity, and accelerate growth. Stephanie has more than 20 years of experience initiating and implementing strategic account plans, new service and product roadmaps, and firm-wide strategic plans for organizations ranging in size from startups to those on Fortune's Global 500 list. In just the past five years, Stephanie has worked with organizational leaders to develop more than 40 strategic plans and delivered training and team-building workshops for several dozen more. Combined with operational expertise gained working inside more than 20 different businesses, Stephanie understands not only how to define, but also how to operationalize strategy to ensure success. I've got with me on the show today, Stephanie Kuzibob, and today we're talking about strategic planning. Stephanie, thanks for joining me on the show today. Thanks for having me, Scott. I'm really excited to be here with you and your listeners. You bet. And so you've worked in the area of strategic planning for quite some time. And let's start out with some working definitions. How would you define what a strategic plan is? How would you define that? I would define a strategic plan as a future-oriented look of where you want the firm to be. So where are we headed in the future? And not just a general description, but some very specific goals around what you want to have accomplished Mm -hmm. three to five years from now as a firm. Mm -hmm. So three to five years, have you ever seen any plans that go beyond five years before? I have. I have seen them, but generally we find that they are less actionable. Mm. They tend to imagine a future that may or may not exist. It's hard in today's day and age with all of the changes that are happening around us, and Mm -hmm. especially in the legal industry, to look 10 years ahead and have a really uh, firm grasp of where you're headed. It also makes it difficult to operationalize a plan if it looks so far in advance. Right, right. Absolutely. So what does that look like? What what are some of the elements of this? If we could kind of break it down into bite-sized pieces, whether somebody's running a firm or a practice where they've got just maybe two other partners and a handful of associates, but they've got a practice and they want to have a strategic plan for that unit, uh, how do we kind of break it down into, into action steps for people that want to build a strategic plan? Mm-hmm. The first thing is, is having a very good understanding of what your current state is. Where are you at as a firm? Uh, what's happening in your environment? as well as within the firm. And I think that's one of the areas that people often struggle. They're either looking internally or externally, and they sometimes struggle to bring the two together. So that's understand the current state first, and then envision the future. And this is where that 10-year look might come into play. So how Mm -hmm. much emphasis should be placed on competition? If I've got a practice, but I know I've got probably about five or six really good competitors that I've seen at conferences. We've competed for the same work. Maybe I've got it. Sometimes maybe they've received the work that I didn't get. Should I factor that into my strategic plan? 
you should certainly understand the competition and understand those competitive forces. Oftentimes we'll use a SWOT analysis, which I think probably a lot of your listeners are familiar with, strengths, weaknesses, <laughs> opportunities, and threats. Or there are other frameworks for looking at that. Mm-hmm. Such as Porter's Five Forces. There's a number of different frameworks for looking at competitive forces, but that's just one piece of the puzzle. Right. Understanding, right, what else is happening within your firm? Where mm-hmm. do you want to go? And that's really the second step, I would say. Okay. Once you have a good understanding of the current state, then looking at that vision, looking maybe 10 years out to get a perspective on where you think things might head both for your firm and for your clients and for the industry as a whole. And then combining those two things and getting perspectives from a really a wide variety of individuals, both within and outside of your firm. And I think this is where what we do at Ascentium is a little bit different maybe, is that we are pulling in the client perspective. We're pulling in the internal staff perspective, the Mm -hmm. partner perspective, that competitive outlook, the future orientation and sort of putting all of those things into the menu to in order to find those really key elements that might drive a unique strategy for your firm. Interesting. So so let me kind of go over some of the things that you mentioned and kind of tee up the next phase of what we're going to talk about here in my mind from knowing what you do. So start with the SWOT analysis. You mentioned that. I know I've seen that on business plans that partners will provide to me. If somebody just isn't adept at cranking out business plans or strategic plans, do you think that's that's a good place to kind of start in terms of giving some structure to thought? It absolutely is a great place to start. It looks at things from a couple of different angles, right? What's happening externally that might be negatively impacting you? <laughs> what are some things that are happening externally that might be opportunities for you to take advantage of? Same thing with the internal perspective. As long as you're looking at it from a variety of angles, The SWOT is a great place to start. What I see firms sometimes struggling with is not including enough voices in that conversation. Right. Well, let me me get to that in a second because I think that's important. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to kind of get more granular on on the perspectives. But break it down, the SWOT analysis. Let's go over each one of those. How would you define each of those and what would that mean to a partner that's looking at writing their business plan or strategic plan? So strength being what are we really good at? What do we do well? What are the areas that make us stand out compared to our competitors? Weakness, mm-hmm. the opposite of that, right? What are the things that we maybe are gaps for us or where we maybe struggle sometimes? Opportunities are things that present themselves that take advantage of our strengths. So how can we turn those strengths, how can we use those strengths in order to capture a market opportunity? And let me ask you about that for for just a second on opportunities. So could that be specific client opportunities? We know this one firm or company is going to release some legal work, or do you think it's trends such as the way business is evolving, or could it be new regulation? There's some regulatory issues that are changing. How do you think opportunities could be defined or categorized? It's an interesting question because it depends on who's doing the plan and who you're doing the plan for, right? If you're thinking of it from an individual perspective, as an individual practitioner, then it's probably as granular as some of the things that you're talking about in terms of your client, a particular client or a particular matter or that type of thing. But I think that where the opportunity really lies is taking a step back and looking from a higher level, thinking about it at more of a 20,000 foot 
perspective. Mm. You see a lot of strategic plans really being more business plans and action plans Mm. rather than strategic plans where we're thinking about something that's net new or something that is really pushing us outside of our comfort zone in order to move the firm forward or move my practice forward in a significant way, in a dramatically different way than the way that we're operating today. And that's where that outside perspective becomes important because it's hard to see that sometimes when you're in the day-to-day, doing the do, doing your work. It's sometimes hard to step out of that and think more strategically. Right, right. Okay, that's perfect. That's great. And then what's the last one? What's the letter T stand for? And how would you define that? That would be threats. And that really is more a matter of who's nipping at your heels, right? Who's out there or what's out there around the corner that might become a problem for you if you don't address it. Interesting. That could also be just in the way the world works, any sort of man-made or natural disaster that could change the, the whole formula for business. Yes, there's so many things that change in today's world, right, from all different angles, be it technology or, uh, you know, politics or regulations, as you mentioned. Those things are all threats that might fall into that category. Absolutely. And so elaborate more on the perspectives, because you've mentioned that a few times and I sense that that's something we should probably really dig deeper into. Uh, Tell me about the different perspectives that a leader of a law firm should, you know, what, what lenses should a leader of a law firm look through in terms of the different perspectives that you talked about? Right. So to answer your question directly, I would say that it's about looking at your client's perspective. And you probably have clients in, in a number of different industries, right, with a number of different titles and different challenges. So really getting a better understanding across your client base. And not just your current client base, but your future clients. If you're looking to expand into a new industry or a new geography, are there unique aspects of that that you need to be thinking about? And then there's a lot of people within your firm, right, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that have different perspectives. There's a lot of business people, uh, marketing, finance, those kinds of folks. Anyone who's really touching the practice internally, in addition to the partners, I think, you know, having partners in this conversation is clearly an important component and in some ways goes without saying, but really having that all of those different perspectives in the mix makes a big difference because again, if you're, all of us are very focused on what we do day in and day out, and that tends to be a much more tactical perspective. So getting a strategic perspective often take someone from the outside or someone who doesn't have the same lens you do to Mm -hmm. add different ideas into the mix in order to really drive the conversation to a different level. Who are some other people? You mentioned clients, you mentioned the colleagues. Who are some other, I don't know if you would call them participants, but people that a partner or law firm leader might need to be aware of as they develop their strategic plan? There are some, I would say that it may not necessarily be people or individuals who are at the table, but perhaps it's uh, more information and content that's available from outside external sources that are doing uh, reports on what the future of law might look like. Right? There's a lot of folks that are producing those types of, of pieces, data about what's happening within your firm with your clients. Uh, Mm -hmm. information about macro trends, things that are happening outside of even potentially the legal industry or that we're not thinking about from a legal industry perspective, but we're thinking about 
um, what's happening in the world around us and how will that change the way that right. we do business. Right, right. I would even think that mm-hmm. if a law firm leader is shaping the strategic plan, he or she should be cognizant of future employees, those people that are going to be the associates or partners that are not yet on board. You think that should be a variable that they should consider as they develop their strategic plans? Absolutely. We all know that there are changes happening in the world and in the types of people that are coming into the workforce today. And I know, you know, there's been so much talk about millennials and the next generation. So taking some of that into consideration as well is clearly important. Lateral hires, another area of thinking about if we're bringing someone new into our mix, how does that impact our future strategy? Right. So let's talk about process. If a law firm leader from today says, I want to go through and I want to create a strategic plan for this year or the next three years or whatever it is, what would be the action steps that he or she should take to develop that plan, which they start at in terms of process? Yeah. So first of all, I want to just make a distinction between a business plan and a strategic plan. Okay. Because a business plan is really the short term. What are we doing today? You know, and what are what do we need to accomplish in order to make our business continue to run effectively and uh-huh. potentially grow organically? But a strategic plan always takes a longer look. Okay. So if we're really talking about a strategic plan, I would say the shortest term window or the shortest time horizon would be a three-year plan. Okay. Uh, okay. Because it's really thinking about what is that long-term opportunity? What do we need to do today in order to get us to somewhere new in the future? Right. And right. so thinking about that. Right, it's a comparison, and this goes back to your question about process, creating a picture of the current state, and then creating a picture of the future state, which is the part that I think a lot of people skip. Mm. They look at where they are now and think incrementally, what am I going to change? As opposed to thinking about the future, that's that's going from where we are today and then incrementally changing, that's long-term planning. Right. But we're talking about a strategic planning, right? Thinking about some vision of the future that looks different than it does today and having a really clear picture in your mind's eye of what that future looks like is the Mm. next step. Then we can build a bridge to go from here to there. I see. Okay. Thank you for making that distinction. So, So let me ask you this. I thought of this as you're talking about that. What do you think are the main pitfalls or the stumbling blocks or the speed bumps that someone in a leadership role is going to be facing as he or she develops their strategic plan. Right. So first of all, it's creating that vision of the future, right? Right. Inherent Mm -hmm. to what we were just talking about, making sure that you really have a clear picture of the future state. Oftentimes we'll call that a vision. How is the world different five or 10 years from now because of the work that we do? Mm. And then we can figure out how do we get there? Oftentimes I find that, you know, I've seen a lot of strategic plans across my career that people bring to me and say, hey, we want to update our strategic plan. And you look at the strategic plan and it's really more of a tactical work plan. Right. It has, you know, here's what we're doing today, tomorrow, here's who's doing it. But there's there's this lack of vision incorporated in it. I did right. new product development for a period of time, right? And creating a, a new product roadmap begins with a view of what product do people need down the road? And then we can figure out how do we build to it. You know, I think you've got a real... that's really the strategic planning process. And one thing I thought of just now, I think you've got a real distinction and something that's different about you because 
when you have had expertise in developing a vision or strategic plan for a product that's very tangible, it's kinesthetic, you can get your arms around that. With professional Mm -hmm. services firms, and I know you've worked in that area as well, that's not as tangible yet that vision is just as important, if not more important, because it's not as tangible because you can't get your arms around it because the assets leave every day at the end of the day. So I think that, I think you're onto something. And just from my own perspective, as a recruiter within the legal world, working only with law firms, I've been in over 50 different meetings with law firm leaders with 50 different firms. And very rarely has anyone ever articulated, this is our vision. This is where we're going as a firm. It's very rare for me to hear that. And I think in terms of selling a firm to competitive employees, future lateral partners or associates, I think people are inherently attracted to leadership that includes vision in terms of direction, in terms of where they're going and what they're all about, which then you can drill down all the other points of distinction and this is when I say, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, because <laughs> we, 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 we know that <laughs> right. everything else derives from the vision. Why do you think most people in general that are in a leadership role don't really think about the vision? What do you think your experience has shown as to why they're just not aware or cognizant of creating a vision or defining the vision for their organization? Well, if you think about what we do every day, right, you walk into your office and you sit down at your desk and what's the first thing that pops up? Mm-hmm. All those emails, yeah, email, right? Sure. And you look at the emails, right? And when you when you go through the emails, are they asking you strategic questions or are they asking you tactical questions? Yeah, yeah. I need this done by this time. Right. Right. You bet. Right. When mm-hmm. you get up in the morning and you have to get out the door and get to work to, to open that email box, what are you thinking about? All the how. How are we going to do this? How are we going to get it done? Who's going to do it? How long is it going to take? It's all of those kinds of sort of how questions. Those are the tactical questions. And so as human beings, we live in a world of how all the time. And we have to really carve out time to think strategically, to think about the why, the where, where are we going, right? When do we want to get there? Those are the strategic questions that take a different perspective and you have to carve out the time to do that. And and it's hard. It's hard to find that time. It's hard to, you know, really focus in on those questions. And then even if you do carve out the time, how do you approach that kind of a conversation? You're absolutely right. Wow. That makes a lot of sense. But I want to go back to what you were saying earlier about meaning, you know, this idea of having a vision and people want to work for an organization that has a vision. I completely agree with you there. I mean, as human beings, fundamentally, we want to be a part of something that's bigger than ourselves. Right. And so if you have a firm that can articulate how they are impacting their clients, their, the world, the world they live in, if you can talk, if you have a firm that can really articulate its vision, then as an employee of that firm, you feel like you're contributing to something larger, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So it becomes not just about the day-to-day, but about the future and the bigger picture as well, which right. I think is particularly, and we all have heard this a million times, right? Particularly attractive to um, the millennial generation and sort of the next generation that's coming into the workforce. And it's interesting because I know but I think just it's true of everyone. You're right, you're right. And just kind of an aside in talking with the law firm leaders about millennials, that there's a distinct difference in the criteria of firms that they join than the previous generations. And so I think law firms need to be aware of that. And then what's interesting is that people that are the millennial generation, 
they seem to be attracted even more to what you're talking about, which is creating a vision. So let me kind of go back to the process here. We talked about, and I appreciate you making the distinction between a business plan and a strategic plan. So the law firm leader is ready to start that vision, that strategic plan. What would be some other action steps that he or she should take to go and formulate this? Right. I think creating that perspective of the future, mm-hmm. none of us can predict the future. No mm-hmm. one is, is perfect at that, right? But taking a chance and looking out a little ways and sort of imagining what the future might be like. And this is really hard, again, for a lot of people struggle with this, uh, especially people that are more numbers-oriented or more, you know, sort of detail-oriented, as a lot of attorneys are. Look, taking that bigger picture and thinking outside of the box and taking a chance on predicting or guessing what the future might be, creating scenarios. And this is, again, where I feel like the best way to do that is to get a number of people with very different perspectives in a room together mm-hmm. and have them think about that collectively. Because it's very difficult as one person to bring enough perspective to think about what the future might look like. So creating that future vision uh, Mm -hmm. of sort of the world in which you're working. And then, so now what do we want to do in order to make a vision that we want to happen? So do you think there's a balance? I'd say that there's probably probably the sliding scale. On one end of the spectrum, the leader says... I'm the chairman, and this is the vision that we're going to follow. On the other hand of the spectrum is a chairman that says, I'm a steward of this firm for the time that I am in this role, and I want to find out from you, where do you think we're headed in terms of our vision? Where do you think, where do you think the balance is, and is one better than the other, and what have you seen from your expertise? Mm-hmm. So I have certainly seen leader to have a clear vision and can articulate it very well. I think that's the key mm-hmm. is to be able to articulate it and create buy-in where people believe in that vision and that vision of the future. But it's not easy. It takes a very strong leader um, with strong relationships and strong communication skills in order to do that. Right. Think, right, going the other direction and having a more inclusive approach tends to be a clearer path for buy-in and getting more people involved in creating the vision and creating that strategic plan often means that then you have more people who are truly committed to making it happen. Right. And that's really the next step. Once you have a strong plan, then that's only the beginning, right? So many people say, oh, yay, we have our plan. We're done. We worked hard. We've got there. Here's our plan. And they sort of pass it around and say, great, finish. Right, right, right. But that's really just the beginning (laughs) because there's so much more that has to happen in order to make that plan a reality. That's where the actual implementation, planning and implementation of the plan becomes so critical. So let's say, and one question I had about that, is this through focus groups? Is it through confidential blind surveys? Is it through one-on-one interviews or discussions? Uh, is it done over time or is it done just in an afternoon in an off-site retreat? What, what have you seen are, are the best ways to develop this plan? I'm going to say yes. Okay, yes, right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> right? It right. depends, uh, right? Certainly for clients, I would say um, usually that's, that's going to come either in the form 
of a focus group or a survey, depending on how broad of a swath of clients you want to include in the process. So there's a lot of upfront work that happens, a lot of, I would call it qualitative and quantitative research Mm -hmm. that happens in advance and looking at different uh, papers, white papers and future oriented reports and those types of things, combining that with the research and creating some materials then to share with a group of people that you would bring together in person for, I would say, a day to two days, depending on how far along you are in your strategic thinking as a firm, to do a a workshop then with a smaller group of people that would really be the decision makers. So part of it is brainstorming and thinking of ideas, and then you need a smaller group of people to actually be making those decisions. Got it. Okay. Got it. Well, this is this is very helpful, and it's thought-provoking, and it's also challenging, and I think you just definitely hit it home that this is a critical component of law firm success. And I also know, just from talking with a lot of chairmen, people at the top, this is something that just isn't part of where some of them are thinking, yet they should. There are some that I've met that have done very well in this area. So tell me then, Stephanie, about your offerings. If a law firm leader is listening to this and wants to reach you, we'll of course have your contact information on the show notes, but what are some, uh, what's kind of the menu of offerings that you can offer to somebody in a law firm leadership role? Sure. Absolutely. Thanks for asking. Um, So Ascentium is a strategy consultancy. So we focus on helping firms and other organizations with their strategic planning from the beginning to the end, from that research stage through the workshop and facilitating that workshop, and then on to implementation planning. We also do uh, programming and facilitation for partner retreats. So if they're, maybe they're not all the way there you know, to do, to do this entire process, there are some things that you can do in pieces, create a vision, for example, team building, other kinds of high-stakes conversations. Those are the types of things that Ascentium can help with. That's great. That's great. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Stephanie. You've got some great content. I hope that people reach out to you and I'm sure we'll have you on here at some point in the future. Thanks so much for being here today. Thanks so much, Scott. It's been a pleasure talking with you. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Thanks for joining me. And if you have ideas or recommendations for this podcast, please email me at scott at attorneysearchgroup.com. For more information about the Attorney Search Group and the services I offer as a sports agent for partners who want to find a better platform, visit me on the web at attorneysearchgroup.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.